It's Monday, September 4th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, happy Labor Day. Uh, the Guardians <laughs> and the Twins. Uh, it, well, happy Labor Day. We'll actually be working on Labor Day uh, as the, the Guardians and Twins are set to open up uh, probably the biggest series uh, of the year at Progressive Field. Uh, in three games uh, to determine whether or not the Guardians are going to still be in this uh uh, divisional race by uh, by midweek here. Uh, lots to look forward to, but uh, we got to start with uh, the finale of the three game series against the the Rays. Cleveland had a chance uh, to pick up more ground on uh, Minnesota uh, after the Twins lost in Texas on Sunday, uh, but they were unable to come through. Tied in the eighth inning, uh, they fall behind uh, to the Rays and lose the series finale. Uh, turns out to be a, a six to two loss uh, for the Guardians, and uh, you know the the Rays at least get out of town having salvaged a, a win in the series. Yeah, Joe, I, I thought uh, Cleveland played really well in this series. You know, the last two innings, uh, notwithstanding of Sunday's game, you know they they did what they had to do. They had they had to win a series against one of the best teams in the American League. And they, you know, they won Friday, they won Saturday night, you know, in kind of dramatic fashion, and they just couldn't pull off the sweep. It looked like maybe they kind of run out, ran out of a little emotion, maybe a little gas in those last two innings. Yeah, and and that's, uh, you know, we talked to Trevor Steffen after the game, and uh, the bullpen, which had been so good and so solid throughout the series, uh, really did look like it sort of ran out of gas. Uh, Steffen talked about. Uh, his at bat with two outs uh, against Jose Siri, uh, the one that led to the go ahead run. Uh, Siri, he worked ahead of him in the count. He had struck out two batters before that. Uh, the split finger was looking good, and uh, he might have. He said he might have gone to it uh, maybe one too many times against Siri. He, he wishes if he had to, to do it over again, he would have challenged him with a fastball uh, when he got behind in the count and and. That didn't happen. He winds up walking Siri. Uh, Siri steals second base and then comes home to score uh, on an RBI single by Taylor Walls. Yeah, and that broke the 2-2 tie. And then, you know, the roof kind of collapsed in the ninth inning when uh, Tampa scored three runs against uh, Eli Morgan. Which And Morgan has pitched so well this year, but he just, uh, you know, gives up four straight hits to start the inning. And, you know, it got away, it got away from them. You know, they just, they, they just, uh, couldn't stop that inning from, and the, and the Rays were rolling. So, uh, you know, they go two and one, Joe, and they're right back where they started from. Basically, they're five games back and, uh, you know, with, with Minnesota in town for three. Yeah. Chance, uh, with, with the Twins here to, to cut the, uh, the division lead all the way down to two games if they can sweep. Uh, or, uh, you know, if they get swept, it's, uh, it's an eight game deficit as they head out to the West coast, uh, at the end of this week. So, uh, you know, like you said, a, a lot in that series against the Rays that, that was, was positive. We saw, uh, guys like, uh, Gabriel Arias, guys like Bo Naylor, uh, and, and Stephen Kwan continue to hit the ball. Well, uh, we talked about the, uh, the effort of the, the starters, uh, yesterday's starter, uh, Zavion Curry, uh, you know, gave them, you know, five pretty strong innings. If it wasn't for uh, some some, you know, mistakes on defense uh, early in the game, you know, he might not have, uh, you know, had a, a two run deficit 
that he had given up. Uh, Tyler Freeman with a, an inexplicable throwing error uh, on a ball, and then two batters later, uh, the uh, Rene Pinto, the the gar, uh, the the Rays catcher, uh, hit, hits one onto the the home run porch uh, for a two nothing lead. Uh, but it was good to see uh, Josh Naylor back in the lineup uh, for Terry Francona. He's able to pencil him in there behind Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, a little bit of protection there. And uh, Naylor comes through with an RBI single that tied the game in the fifth. Yeah, definitely great to see uh, to Josh Naylor back in the lineup. You know, he played, what, three games in Akron on a rehab assignment from that right oblique injury. And, um, you know, so he, you know, he picked up right where he left off, drove in his 80th run uh, with that single. And, and hopefully, Joe, I mean, this this can uh, ease a burden on uh, Jose Ramirez, where he, he, he looks like to me like he's trying to carry the whole club offensively, obviously with, with little protection behind him. He's getting pitched differently. Jose is hitting since August 1st, Joe. He's hitting 191. 20 for 105. He's got three home runs, eight RBIs. He has been walked 14 times, six of them intentionally. So it shows you, you know, what the strategy is of, you know, the Guardians' opponents. Now, maybe getting Naylor back, you know, they'll they'll think twice about pitching around Jose, give him some pitches to hit. And, you know, Joe, what do you think of the strategy with – with Ramirez moving into that number two spot, you know, it's kind of a two-edged sword. I mean, he's getting more at bats. He's coming up in more clutch situations, but when he's struggling, you know, it's, he's not helping you. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is that he's got to keep producing. And uh, I don't know if it's a matter of Jose not liking being in that spot, you know, thinking he should be the, the in, in the third spot. Uh, I, I think he's, he's pretty much bought in, but uh, the results just haven't been there since he's moved into that number two hole. Uh, like you said, he's coming up in in big moments, and and we saw that over the weekend. And uh, he he's continuing at, at at times to to give it bats away. Uh, you'll see the the weak contact and the uh, you know, a lot more swing and miss uh, strikeouts than than we have uh, in in a while. I, I, Jose Ramirez doesn't swing and miss on strike three. That that usually doesn't happen. Uh, if he's getting struck out, it's it's usually on called strike three. Uh, and we're seeing a little bit more of that lately. Uh, and and you can tell it's just a it's just him trying to do a, a little bit too much. Uh, you know, maybe moving forward, the, the strategy shifts back to to him as the number three hitter. But uh, who are you going to put up there and in front of him to to make sure they're getting on base? It can't be Andres Jimenez. Jimenez has had just as much of an up and down season as uh, as Ramirez. Yeah, definitely. I I like Jose in that number two spot just because he keeps coming up in mm-hmm. in, in vital situations, and you know eventually he's going to get going. You know, with uh, Jimenez or Jimenez, you know, just uh, you know, to me, he's been in a funk all year, Joe. You know, he's hitting two thirty since August 1st, but he's pretty much been hitting 230 the whole year. You know, I know he was kind of hot at the beginning of the season, but you know what, for whatever reason, he is not, you know, they, he has not adjusted to way to the way, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the opposing pitchers have adjusted to him after his big season in 2022. Yeah. And uh, right now you look up and down the lineup and you're, you're trying to search for, you know, who can you put up there, 
uh, higher up in the lineup to to sort of you know back Jose and 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 give a little more depth to the to the lineup. I I, I don't you know is Will Brennan an option? Is is he consistent enough? Uh, Arias is starting to get hot, but you've consistently batted him in the in the lower third of the order throughout the season. Uh, it, you know Tyler Freeman was in the lineup yesterday uh, until he made that error, and then you know he got he got pulled midway through the game. Uh, and you don't really have a, a lot of options that in order to get Naylor on the roster. You you sent down uh, Oscar Gonzalez. Gonzalez hasn't been uh, you know whatever they're trying to tell him, whatever they're trying to get him to buy into. Gonzalez isn't hitting uh, and isn't you know sort of uh, making those adjustments at the big league level. Uh, so you're kind of stuck right now with uh, you know the, the lineup as it is, and, and you've you've got Cole Calhoun and Ramon Laureano. Uh, contributing, but uh, again, you can't rely on these guys. Uh, you, you, you've got to get more production out of uh, guys like Jimenez and, and Arias and, and, and Quan. Yeah, yeah. You know, Quan, I think, has done a great job, uh, Joe. You know, Saturday night, what he he brings him back twice. He has the mm-hmm. you know the game tying single in the uh, in the in the ninth inning with two outs, and then he he gets the, the uh, game winning sacrifice fly in the eleventh. Uh, I like the way he's been playing, Joe. I mean, you know, and he's he's hitting in that leadoff spot where you know you're always getting an extra one or two at bats, you know, and and if you're not getting three hits a night, your your average is going to suffer, you know. So he's hitting right around two seventy. I think he's had a really, you know, really a strong, consistent year. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, I think, you know, it, I, that's why I think with with Josh Nadal coming back is so important to them. And, you know, I know he's not going to be at, at the top of his form, you know, who knows, for the first four or five, first week of September maybe. You know, it, it, it's asking a lot of a guy to put him right back in there after missing a month. But, you know, hey, he, he's he's still leading the team in RBIs. And Joe, what you know? I I had a crazy thought, uh, <laughs> newsflash. But what about Bo Naylor putting him up higher in the lineup in that in that number two or three spot as a switch hitter? I know that's yeah. you know. Yeah, what right. do you think? I mean, he runs well. Uh, it's just is there going to be enough contact uh, there yeah. to, to be to justify him up in the in the order? He's he's going to strike out a lot uh, and continue to do that. So uh, I mean, that's why you're sort of protecting him by putting him uh, a little bit lower yeah. in the lineup. Uh, yeah, I, I had thought of him too. And, you know, where would you put him, you know, four or five, somewhere in there. Uh, but you know, right now you've, you've got to, you've got to put Ramon Laureano in there, yeah. uh, you know, as the, as your cleanup hitter yesterday, uh, because Tito doesn't like to put y'all, all those left-handers in a row. You, you make yourself susceptible to a bullpen with a, a lefty and they're, they're going to be facing a couple of those. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think Bo Naylor in that six, seven, eight yeah. range is, is is probably the best bet for right now. But uh, eventually, Bo Naylor will be batting higher in the order. I, I can tell you that it, it's it, it. They're going to have to find a right-handed bat with consistency to put between the the Naylor brothers uh, in the lineup. But I could see the you know I could see Josh you know as as three or four and you know Bo as five or six. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine. No, Bo Naylor is not a switch hitter. I, yeah, I know that right now. I just it just popped out of my mouth. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I think you're right, Joe. I mean, you know, Naylor's finally hitting. He's finally in a groove. You know, he's been he's been hot since that. They came off the last trip, uh, you know, to Minneapolis and and Toronto. He's hitting for power. And you know, don't disturb him. You know, keep him at the you know in seventh or eighth or. You know, six spot wherever he's hitting at you know near the near the bottom of the order and the defense has been pretty solid and consistent yeah. too so you know just just keep him going the way he's going i think uh is also pretty good yet speaking of defense yesterday uh ramon loriano with uh, a a sensational catch on, on a fly ball actually i think siri is the one that hit it uh into the right field corner with uh two outs and two runners on base uh, you know, it really sort of kept things uh, tied at two at, at the moment in the sixth uh, when uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry, even in the in the sixth inning, uh, Sam Hentges on the mound. He'd come in in relief of, of Curry and got the fly ball. Uh, but really, anybody else on the, the roster other than maybe Miles Straw uh, doesn't get to that ball. Loriano ran a long way, uh, went into a slide on the warning track, made a nice catch. Uh, and Tito Francona said after the game, you know, that was uh, that that catch was special. Yeah, those two guys, Calhoun and Loriano, have really, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of righted the ship almost kind of, you know, just by the way they've played, by the way they've handled themselves in the clubhouse. But that was an exceptional catch. And, you know, he's he's been chipping in offensively too, him mm-hmm. and Calhoun. And, you know, they've done they've done all they can to keep this team in the race. Yeah, he did have uh, an RBI single uh, earlier in the game. The first run of the game for uh, for Cleveland was scored uh, on a Loriano single, and, and he nearly uh, cut down that run uh, in the eighth inning uh, with a nice strong throw to the plate. Uh, Bo Naylor barely missing the tag as uh, um, uh, Siri uh, dove in head first uh, on the RBI single by Taylor Walls. So uh, Loriano making contributions all over the place. It's you know, it's it's funny. He's he's clearly your best defensive right fielder, uh, even though we'll be not to take anything away from Will Brennan, who does a nice job out there. And we've seen Will Brennan make, you know, tremendous catches throughout the year in right field and, and do a great job. But Loriano's arm sort of separates him. He's 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 got a special arm and we've seen it on a couple of occasions. He's made some tremendous throws. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, kind of, you know, he, you know, you look back, you know, three, two, three, four years ago, he was a big time player. He had great numbers, uh, you know, so maybe, uh, who knows, maybe the the Guardians have kind of uncovered somebody here. You know, he's only 28, 29 years old. You know, maybe, maybe he's back next year. I'm not sure who's going to be back next year. Uh, you know, there's got a lot of question marks, but he, you know, they, they, he, he may be able to help them, you know, going forward in the outfield. Yeah, and this is a team that sort of gave him that opportunity to come over from uh, from Oakland after he was designated. So, you know, maybe there's a a sense of wanting to stay here and, and wanting to to help out and contribute uh, if uh, if there's an opportunity uh, in that outfield. I, I can tell you, as long as he continues to hit left-handed pitching, that's something that this team desperately needs and. Uh, he's he's sort of uh, shown that he can do that as well. Uh, so let's turn our attentions to uh, tonight, the opener of uh, this uh, this three game series with Minnesota. Before we do that, 
I want to remind our listeners uh, about Subtext, our subscription texting service. It's $3.99 a month to sign up. Uh, You go to cleveland.com slash subtext uh, or send a text message to 216-208-4346. That's how you get uh, text messages directly to your phone from Hoinsey and myself uh, right after we get out of our uh, pregame meetings with Tito, uh, out of the clubhouse. Uh, You know exactly what we're seeing and hearing from the club as soon as we know it. Uh, So, uh, you know, sign up on uh, subtext, cleveland.com slash subtext, and we'd love to to hear from you. It's a great way to send us uh, your thoughts on the Guardians and what's happening next. Uh, What's happening next is uh, the biggest series of the year. Uh, The, the, you know, last three games of this homestand uh, before they head out to the West Coast, uh, Guardians and Twins for the division. Uh, Lucas Giolito, uh, newly acquired on the mound for the Guardians, and he's had some pretty good numbers against the Twins this season. Yeah, he's faced them three times already, Joe. And uh, over uh, 18 innings, uh, he's allowed two earned runs. Now, he hasn't, he's got, he's 0-1 in those three starts, but, uh, you know, he's he's um, 26, uh, well, let's, let me see, 23 strikeouts, Eight walks, two earned runs, um, you know, 13 hits. You know, so he's, he's he, you know, he has a history against the Twins. He, um, you know, he's pitched against them for a long time as a member of the White Sox. You know, so he's no stranger to this lineup. And, uh, you know, that's that's a good way to start this lineup, a good way to start this series, I think. You talk to him, Joe. How, how did he sound? Yeah, I think uh, I think if you if you told Tito the you know six innings and uh, one or two earned runs out of Giolito tonight, I think he would take that in a heartbeat. Uh, we we did get a chance to talk to Lucas Giolito uh, prior to the game yesterday. Uh, he was great, uh, uh, really engaging, uh, really your thoughtful responses, uh, and he talked about you know being familiar with this with this division and you know, sort of, you know, knowing his way and how to navigate some of these lineups because of the familiarity. And I think that's going to be a a big advantage for him in this start. Like you said, having seen the Twins already this year, uh, it, it was funny. He was walking into the ballpark uh, earlier in the day, along with uh, one of our colleagues in the in the press box. And, you know, he thought he was all confident. He thought he knew which way to to turn to get to the to the Guardians clubhouse. And, you know, he walks through a door and turns left and he was supposed to turn right. And, you know, he had to get corrected and, you know, nope, we're this way, we're this way. And uh, it was sort of just uh, fun to to hear that story about, you know, he was pretty confident that he knew where, where he was going. But all of a sudden he was he was heading in the wrong direction. He was heading back towards where the bus uh, drops off the, the players in uh, under the, the service level there. Um, Giolito uh, said that, you know, he's. He's looking forward to the the challenge. The, the the travel back and forth was sort of hectic, and it was a, a weird, crazy sort of time at the end of last week when you know he found out he was going to be on the uh, the waiver wire and and what that meant. He thought he was getting DFA'd, and you know that's not what it meant. He had to educate himself uh, pretty quickly on uh, the the ins and outs of the the waiver process, uh, and 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 really he says he's just. Uh, you know, excited to be someplace that sort of needs him and, and, and with a team that's uh, sort of in contention here. Uh, it didn't work out in, in Los Angeles and uh, they were, uh, he didn't shy away from, you know, the fact that he didn't pitch well for the Angels, uh, but he's he's looking forward to the opportunity to pitch for Cleveland. 
Yeah, let's just hope he remembers which way the mound is, Joe, at Progressive <laughs> Field. So, but uh, yeah, this is you know an experienced guy. He's he's been to the postseason. He's been in these runs. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, the White Sox won the uh, won the division. So he's used to this, and uh, this is a good uh, this this is a good matchup, I think. Um, you know, the Guardians. You know, they both come in at six and four in their last ten. Uh, Guardians lead the series six to four. They've outscored them. This is how close this series has been, Joe. They've outscored them 33 to 30 in 10 games between the two teams. So, you know, they know each other, and uh, this is a great way to kick it off. Uh, uh, you know, Giolito against uh, 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 Pablo Lopez, right? Yeah, Lopez, uh, and, and he, he pitched pretty well. Uh, last week and until uh, sort of the wheels came off uh, in, in that final game of the series uh, against uh, Tanner Bybee. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, it's if you're looking for uh, an exciting white knuckle sort of game, uh, it's the Twins and the Guardians. They've played eight one run games uh, so far this year. Uh, and, you know, it or you know, it's interesting to, to, to see how competitive and how close uh, this entire series has been back and forth all year. All right, honey, so that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow uh, to wrap up the series opener and, and look ahead uh, to the remainder of the homestand. Good deal, Joe.